Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to GFA's podcast, ReChurch. Uh, today, the topic is one that I think is of great interest both today and with the coming years, where there seems to be a pastoral shortage. Or not seems to be, but there is a coming pastoral shortage of the number of men that are going into vocational ministry. So today, uh, I have a very ge- a special guest with us. So, Pastor Rich Archett, welcome. And uh, Rich, so glad to have you here. Thanks for volunteering to come on with us. Thanks, Marshall. Appreciate the invite. Sure. And so Rich and I have been corresponding back and forth on a topic and then had the privilege of meeting him in person uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that kind of um, brought the this podcast up to where we need to talk about it. So here's the topic, Rich, I want to talk to you about. With the coming shortage of pastors, there are some churches within a, a fairly short geographical area where um, kind of duplicating what happened years ago with the circuit ride in Methodist, the fact one pastor covering more than one church. So uh, what I'd like for you to do, you're currently doing that. So what I'd like to do is just uh, I want you to fill in our listeners on, on kind of just everything we can think about to talk about this subject, both the opportunities, the challenges, the the positives, uh, how it affects you, how it affects your home church, and, you know, it's kind of the direction we want to go. So, again, thanks for being with us. So, uh, Rich, tell everybody about uh, how long you've been in the ministry and a little background on the current church uh, where you pastor before you took on this additional responsibility. Oh, I've, excuse me, I've been in the ministry, oh, let's see, 36, 37 years now. Um, The church that I'm pastoring now is the church I grew up in. Um, and I've been pastor there now for 24 years. And that's Community um, Bible Church, right? That's Community Bible Church in Barrington, yes. Barrington, New Jersey. New Jersey. Got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, like I said, I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I were married there. And then um, I got a call from a church that needed a pastor, which just so happened to be the New Freedom Bible Church in Berlin. Berlin, New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. correct. Yes. I know a lot. Of, well, there's I keep saying that a lot of you <clears throat> in this area. I know New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, or at least the area where I met you in. A lot of those are right near each other. So correct. I just wanted, for the sake of our listeners and watchers, just wanted to make sure we I, I put you in the right state. I know you know where you are, <laughs> but I want to make sure I got you in the right in the right state. So this is New Jersey. This is New okay. Jersey, correct? Right. And so I was um, at New Freedom for twelve years. Uh, left there, did some uh, pulpit fill, and then the Barrington Church called me and said, our pastor is leaving. Would you please consider coming back? Mm. And so, you know, my wife and I talked about it and prayed about it. So I've been there now for 24 years. Okay, so now, all right, so the church, call it your home, the church where you're pastoring, your your main pastorate, You've been there mm-hmm. 24 years, but now you've also pastored in the past this church where you're helping as well. Is that correct? Is that, correct. Did I get that right? Yes. 
Okay. And so um, give our listeners an idea. So the distance between the two churches would be what? It takes me about 25 minutes to get from one to the other. All right. You know, it depends on traffic lights. Sure. Sure. Um, and all that kind of stuff. But but it's about a 25. I leave myself I leave myself 30 minutes, even though it takes 25. All right. So now I, I understand you pastored both churches, but what was the situation that led New Freedom Bible Church where they, they became without a pastor? So what led to the situation where they asked you to cover both churches? Their pastor was seriously ill with cancer. Oh. Um, And um, for the last year of his ministry, he was Mm. struggling, and yet he tried. Okay. Um, And so I had been monitoring the situation from a distance, Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of because, first of all, that pastor was also the one that married my wife and I. And when I left Barrington, um, he was the pastor there at the time. Okay. So, you know, so they're for, uh, family friends as well. But, um, you know, the Lord called him home. Mm. And um, so I asked the church, I said, look, you know, I, I know you've had a rough year of it, at least, if not more. Uh, they had another pastor that was there that was kind of a, an associate pastor. Okay. The Lord called him home a year prior. Wow. So they've had two, they had two pastors to die within a year. Within, yeah, about a year's time. They, they, yeah, both of their pastors that they were, because both of men were sick, they were kind of tag teaming to to fill the pulpit. And so, um, so, you know, I knew, I knew that situation and and said, look, is there anything, you know, I can do? Mm -hmm. And so they said, we need a pastor. I was expecting them to say, well, could you help us find a pastor? Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, could, could you, you know, could you give us direction and guidance and all this? But they said, no, we, we need a pastor. You know, would you consider it? All right. So Community Bible Church, which is where you were pastoring when all this took place. Give mm-hmm. us the demographics about the church size and the demographics of the community, you know, where Community Bible Church is. So what would those demographics be? Community Bible Church is, as we've mentioned, in New Jersey, but it's a suburb of Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, It's one of the bedroom communities in New Jersey of Philadelphia. There's about mm, somewhere around 7,000 people in Barrington, but there are are a lot of communities around it. Sure. That you draw about the same size. Yeah. Okay. And Uh, and what what about where New Freedom is, the other church where the pastors passed away? Uh, that is more rural, okay. although it is growing. The farmers are selling their farms mm-hmm. to developers, okay. and it it is growing up a lot and very quickly. And so people are migrating, you know, further further out from from Philadelphia. And so that area is now growing. All right. So the number of people in your church, Community Bible Church, well, how many would that be, just roughly? Uh, Forty. Okay. And the other church would be about. When I came there, they were, they were telling me before I got there, there were 15. Okay. So what is the current? What I mean, I'm just trying to give our listeners kind of a, a – Sure. 
Sure. Um, on a good Sunday at, at New Freedom, we can run between 21 to 25, so okay. 20 to 25. All right, good, good. All right, so with that in mind, all right, so uh, actually you reached out to them or did they reach out? You reached out to them to see how you could help them, right? Yes. And then they came up with the idea of you pastoring both churches? Well, they asked, you know, this is the need. I mean, you know, this was the need that they had. Right. Um, you know, could you help us? Um, and you and you knew most of these people, should, because I think this is a little bit of a unique relationship, right? Because you knew the people in both churches, or most of I, the people. Well, although a lot of the people I knew when I was there, they're no longer there. The Lord's called them home. Okay. And so there's only a handful of people that know who I am or, or knew me. So uh, are both these congregations and older congregations, or is there a mix in the church? Um, the New Freedom congregation is older. Okay. The Barrington Church has a, uh, a good mix, not so much on the, uh, with children, but on the 20-something on up. It's, okay. You know, it, it goes from that. All right, so they reached out to you, and, and now how long, how long have you been doing this? Uh, I started in May of this year, of this year, 2021. Yes. Okay. So you start in May. So now when we're recording this, this is the end of August yes. of 2021. So with, with you doing that, um, the, both these churches are older churches, right? Yes. New Freedom's the older church. New Freedom is 210 years old. Wow. All right. So the church where you are, the second church is 210 years old. Yes. Now, when you reached out to them, how long had they been without a pastor? About eight months. Okay. And the reason I'm going through all this, because, you know, every situation that where churches may consider this is going to look a little bit different. I mean, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm just trying to paint a sketch, because uh, uh, when we get into these other factors I want to really concentrate on, I'm just trying to lay somewhat a foundation. Because, uh, again, as the men I've talked to that do this, everything's different okay but there's there was some kind of always some kind of relationship between either the pastor in both churches or the people in both churches okay so there was a confidence it wasn't like you were coming in uh if i call new freedom out of the blue and said hey i'm marshall fant with gfa missions how can we help you they don't have a clue to who i am right. so what i'm trying to say is normally in these in these situations there is a relationship where there is a confidence either in they may not know you but they know the people that that you that are members of your church so that's where i'm trying to go there's there's a relationship here okay so yes. obviously you had a relationship with both churches and this church had been without a pastor for eight months and, and so what else led up to it what other what other background like that would our listeners be interested in knowing well the church tried uh, the New Freedom Church tried it to go it alone. Okay. Um, and, you know, it just wasn't working. Mm. Uh, and they were wise enough to see that it wasn't working and to say, hey, we we need some help here. Um, they, they at least, you know, were, were wise in that regard. All right. So New Freedom, let's concentrate there a minute. So uh, of 20 people, did they have any kind of leadership in place that you were able to work with? Did they have deacons or elders, or, or that, was there a functioning leadership um, uh, 
group or men or two men or anything in this church when you when you started this? They had a deacon and an elder. Okay. But the deacon and the elder would use just the men of the church and would basically lead by consensus with the men of the church as to, you know, what do we do? What do we do next? Were they able to take care of their own uh, shepherding of the people, their own recording of finances, their own, I mean, did they have some structure in place at the at New Freedom, or did you have to go in and set all that up? No, the finances were were being taken care of. Okay. The shepherding, no. Was not, okay. Was not. All right, so now within your church, did you, as you, as this idea was being addressed, okay, what were some concerns or positives that your leadership saw in the fact of you pastoring two churches? Well, I had done this once before as well (laughs) with a church that was only 10 minutes away Ah. from Barrington. Okay. And so there was a tiny bit of track record there to go on. I was only there for three or four months. Okay. Um, But – um, they were aware of it, but uh, their concern is the time frame. Mm-hmm. you know, that y- you don't end up there as a temporary for 10 years. Right. You know. All um, right. So that, this is, that's my, so this, w- they, it was defined uh, or is defined because you're currently doing it as a temporary situation. Yes, very much so. Yes. Okay. You say very much so. Both, do both churches understand that? Do you think? Uh, the people at New Freedom understand this is temporary? I keep reminding them that it is temporary, even though from time to time they say, oh, stop talking like that. All right. So Uh, let me ask you to put on a different hat, okay? Let's mm -hmm. say two churches call you, and they want your input because they're considering this. All right. Mm -hmm. Rich, so what would be um, – I can can think of one reason. All right, so let's say – we want to think about doing this permanently because we can't find pastors. I mean, there, there are not men up there that, that are willing to come to a smaller church. So what would you consider maybe one or two key considerations if churches are considering this to be a permanent relationship? In other words, one pastor covering two churches as a permanent um, under-shepherd of both churches. I mean, what – if you were advising, what would be the situation you would advise that to take place? Well, that would be difficult. And, um, and let's you, say it's the same situation, 25 minutes away. Okay. It, you know, this time of year being the summer, it's easy to travel between the two. Right. Winter weather in the north, um, you have to take into account snow and ice mm-hmm. and you know, some of the, the weather elements, plus um, the personal wear and tear. Um, you know, sometimes I pick up a hymn book and I have to figure out which church I'm dealing with. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, when I pick the songs for Sunday, I got to make sure I have the right hymn book. And so, and that's one of the, to answer one of your other questions, that's one of the uh, concerns that the Barrington Church has and that's is your my home. health. That's your main church. My main church, yes. You know, my health, uh, that I don't run myself into the ground trying to, to do both. So how old are you now? I'm 64. Okay. 
So at 64, your church is concerned about your health. Probably your family is concerned about your health doing all this. Okay. But so what it, because where I'm, and I'm trying, I am baiting you for an answer. Okay. I am baiting you because we, all right. So let me give you this situation. Um, out West, uh, churches are two hours apart and nobody wants to go, but two churches can support one pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where I was trying to go with this was the fact it may be a financial situation where one pastor is covering two churches as a way to where he's fully supported by two churches instead of one. Okay. Is there any other situation where you would say this would probably be a good idea taking uh, except what I just explained? Or you want to think I did that was I didn't give you that question ahead of time. So <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to think about that because All right, let's come um, back to it. Let's come back to it. Okay. okay. Let's keep All going. Right. So as as you're working through this, so are there any advantages you see first for you as you pastor two churches? Well it keeps me busy. I don't know if you consider that an advantage. <laughs> All right, so walk us through your typical Sunday first. What would a typical Sunday covering both churches, what would that look like in Rich's life? Okay. Uh, I'm up about 7 o'clock Sunday morning. Get ready. I usually spend about 20, 25 minutes going over my messages. Mm-hmm. Leave the house. I, I try to get to the first church, the New Freedom Church, early. You're doing their yes. service first, okay? Yes. Um, their service is at 9.15 in the morning. Okay. Um, that was one of the things that I said, look, I can't be in two places at once. Right. And, um, you know, would you please consider moving your service time yeah. and making it earlier? And they agreed. Um, and so I, I get there maybe about 8.50, 8.55. Okay. Um, and so I'm there early. We have the service from 9.15 to 10.15. And then I have about five minutes after the service to, to say hello to people. Uh, and that's one of the real disadvantages that I see. If you're looking for a disadvantage, yeah, I, I wish I had 15 minutes, not five to, um, to greet and to talk to the people sure. and the people at new freedom are very gracious. In fact, they'll tell me, pastor, you've got to leave. You've got to get going. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're very sensitive to that, which I appreciate. And then I get to Barrington about, 15 minutes before that service begins. All right. And so I'm in there by 1045. And so, you know, walk into the pulpit at 11 o'clock. My family and my deacons um, have the place ready to go. Uh, Everything's in place. I just kind of have to walk in and, and uh, it's ready. All right. Now, have they, are they doing Sunday school without you? Mm -hmm. Or I know this is post COVID. So are y'all doing Sunday school? Or yes. Not. Yeah. Right. So, they're doing. So it 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 in Barrington. Are they doing Sunday school while you're at New Lexington, or is that done later? Um, no, they're they're doing that with with um, uh, without me, and, right. and I didn't teach Sunday school in Barrington. All right. So uh, back I had to Sunday. Good. So back to New Lexington. Are they doing Sunday school after you're gone, or did they do Sunday school? No, they don't do Sunday school. They don't have the leadership there at New Freedom to okay. to do that. Um, um, you know, I would like to see that happen, but they don't have the teachers 
Okay. Uh, and the personnel to be able to do that. All right. So at this point, so now I'm sorry, I sidetracked you. So now you're back at uh, you're back, back at your church in Barrington. You're doing mm-hmm. the ten fifteen service or ten thirty service, whatever time you start, and they've already done Sunday school without you. All right. right. So you finish the morning service. Uh, does either church have an evening service? Uh, Barrington does. Okay. So then you gear up to do the evening at Barrington, but you do not go back to New Lexington for the evening. Is would that be right? Correct. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't go back there. Um, um, at this point, it would just be too difficult. I mean, when I'm finished, by the time I'm finished, the second service, the Barrington service. Let me tell you, I get home and collapse. Okay. All right. Now, what about uh, evening? Do either church do a Sunday evening service? Sunday evening service is just Barrington. Okay. And, and that's at 6 o'clock. What about midweek? Midweek, Barrington operates. We don't, we're not meeting in person yet. Okay. From COVID, although we're trying to get back, but we operate an internet radio station. And so the Barrington people and the New Freedom people mm. listen to my Bible study on the internet radio station. Right. And we share prayer requests between the two churches on okay. that. Now, is this an open internet station or is it a f- yes. subscriber only? It's open. No, it's open. Okay. All right. So that is the way you have a common Sunday night service. Again, you're not going back from one church to the other again. All right. So as far as your personal advantages for a pastor doing this really would simply be, you've already got the message prepared. So you're preaching the same message back at both churches. Not always. Really? Yeah, not no. always. Why would um, that be? I try to keep in mind the, the needs of the congregation. Uh, take, for example, the new freedom situation. When you've had you know, your two pastors go to be with the Lord, right. that, that, that's a shock to the system. It is. Yeah. When, when you see your church beginning to shrink, and people not not coming. Um, that's different than a church that has a pastor that's doing things and things are happening. Um, and so um, sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're not the same messages. All right. So let me. I'm, I've never done this. I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm curious. So <clears throat> let's say this was going to end up being a long term situation. Would one advantage be? that eventually you could get to where you're preaching both the same message at both churches for the sake of time, for the sake of preparation? Would that make sense or not? In in fact, um, the sermon series that I just started, it's like a three, four-week sermon series. It is the same for both churches because both churches can benefit from it. Okay. All right. Okay. But that doesn't always mean that that's what it will be. It just so happens that at this point, at, at this particular, what I'm preaching on is applicable to both churches. All right. So, um, again, but you know, your goal here is not to be both places long-term. Well, not to be at new freedom long-term. Right, right. I, good, good point. Okay. You stay in, you're staying at the church in Barrington. That's your goal. And then let new freedom find a permanent under shepherd. Correct, because right. we do know, you know, both in in, in Numbers uh, twenty seven and Matthew nine, the prayer of Moses in, in Numbers twenty seven was 
that he prayed the Lord to the Lord, they would not be like a congregation as a sheep without a shepherd. And then as Christ was praying for the workers in the harvest in Matthew 9, he said that they may not be like sheep without a shepherd. So we know sheep without shepherd are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I commend you for doing this. I'm sure you covering both churches is better than not having a pastor at all. It gives them some consistency, right? Am I, I mean, that's my observation. You, you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there have been a several people that have approached New Freedom and said, hey, I can preach. I'm a pastor. I can preach. Only I'm familiar with some of the backgrounds on some of the people. Sure. And I, yeah. and I said I and, uh, would steer yeah. – Yes, dear, clear yeah. of that. So you can provide a steady hand of shepherding and pastoring and, and bringing the, the word to them that they know you and they trust you rather than bringing somebody in on a month-by-month month or week-by-week week basis. So we understand that's a great positive, really, um, for you know the, 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 the church, the second church, as well as to do – all right, so let's go back to your home church, Bible Community Church – or excuse me, Community Bible Church. So um, – do they consider this a short-term positive where they can share you with them? Is that the general attitude? The attitude that I try to instill within them is this is a, a mission outreach, a labor of love. Okay. Um, when I was at New Freedom originally, um, we reached out to several local churches when we needed some help. We needed some just some plain help in, in some areas and nobody would, nobody would help. Mm. Uh, everybody was kind of guarding their territory. Oh yeah. 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 And, and so uh, I made the conscious decision at that point. I said, if the Lord would ever bless um, and I would be in a ministry, uh, if a church needed help, we're not going to turn our back on that ministry. We're going to, we're going to help in whatever way we can. Um, and so, here apparently is is the Lord saying, okay, yeah, I'll sure. let you do this. All right, so let's go a different direction. All right, so uh, New Freedom is, is the second church you're going to just on Sunday mornings. Uh, yes. How do you handle or can you handle the shepherding? You mentioned the shepherding responsibility. You said you had to get out of there to get back to uh, the other church right after the service. So how do you handle the shepherding obligations or opportunities at New Freedom? I have the rest of the week. Okay. All I right. can call people. You know, I can visit with them. I, I have the rest of the week to do that. And I ask those that are there, look, if you have a need, reach out to me. Or if you know somebody in the church that mm-hmm. is afraid to reach out to me, you know, please let me know so that I can I can do that. All right. So let me ask another question. Again, I'm asking you to put on your your, your – uh, hat of experience. So with two churches, Rich, what would be, if you got two churches like this, and let's say, I know 25 minutes, especially in the winter and, in, in, you know, in New Jersey can be difficult, but what, what point would you merge and at what point would you recommend keeping one pastor for two separate identities? Merges are always tough for the simple fact, you know, who gives up what? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, when two churches talk merge, of course, it's always where you you want them to give up their facility and come join you. Sure, sure. And, and so that, that's always that's well, always there's always talk. one church more vulnerable than the other. It's always one church. The, oh, if I put this right, a weaker church. 
that normally if they're going to survive, they're going to have to merge with another church. But, there is, but but sometimes that weaker church has a better facility. It does. Yeah, you're right. Okay. And, and so you got to look at, you know, all the factors as to, you know, the pros and cons with that. Um, all right, so here's where I'm trying to go. I do think this model of ministry is going to continue to grow as more pastors retire, more pastors go to heaven, more pastors, you know, and churches are becoming more and more in need of pastors. And, and so uh, if, if that's the case, and, they're, and, and what I'm trying to get you, right, so what advice would you give to a church? Um, these are going to be the big negatives of having one pastor covering two churches, and you are the satellite church. So what are you going to tell this church, the, the satellite church, <clears throat> the second church? What are you going to tell them? These are some things you've got to consider. Because I cannot be here all the time. That's what they have to consider. That key factor, right? Yeah, I I can't be here all the time. Um, You're going to have to move your service times to accommodate. Right. Um, You might not even be able to have a particular service. Um, You know, it... um, I am obviously dealing with two churches now, so it's not where you have my full attention, although you have my attention. Right, yeah. But but I have to divide that attention, and so just be aware and be sensitive to I'm trying to help you, and you need to help me as much as you can and be sensitive to, to, to my situation. All right, so um, uh, don't take this or don't let any pastor take this as an insult, okay, or you. But you are better than nobody, right, for the second mm-hmm. church. Okay. Now, but at the same time, this is not your personal philosophy of ministry. You're helping this church out for a season. Yes. All right, so I want you to shift gears again and put on your consulting hat. So if a man is considering this as, a, again, so let's go to a real situation. Two churches out west, two hours apart, both of them are willing to share a pastor and share the expenses. All right, so you're sitting down, you're talking to the leadership of both of these churches. And let's say they have some leadership in place. Okay, so what would you say, all right, men and ladies, you've got to be willing to run this part of the ministry on your own. What would some of those things be? You've already mentioned finances. So you mentioned uh, New Freedom already has their financial in place, right? Yes. So if you if we're looking at two churches that say, this, Pastor Rich, this is the only way we can make it work, what else would you tell these two churches they need to think about putting in place? Uh, well, they obviously would have to coordinate their timing. Yep, okay. You know, and they're that, willing to do that. That's a big issue. Okay. Um, their midweek service, one's going to be one one night, the other's going to be another night. Okay. Um, and I was involved in a church plant, and we met on Thursday nights because there was yeah. no way to meet on Wednesday nights. Okay. So we know, all right, that's that's a real option. Okay. What else would you um, That's a great point. What else would you say? I, I would say if they're two hours apart, if the pastor, if, does he live in the middle? 
So it's an hour to each church. And then, you know, it's going to take him two hours to get from church A to church B. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, A lot can happen, (laughs) you know, flat tires and, um, you know, that, that's a, that's, that's a long trip for sure. to, to want to get there at the right time and be responsible for that every week. Right. But uh, again, to them, this is going to be better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So shepherding that have to have the shepherding parts in place, right? Finances. Yes. Now, uh, at both churches, I assume when you get to new freedom that the building is open or do you open it up? Um, it's open. Okay. Uh, and so wintertime, the heat is already on. I mean, so that when you walk in, it's not like you're having to get there that much early. Because what I'm saying, you got to engage the, the people that are in this church, right? Right. Okay. Right. So in some ways, this could be a healthy situation. Getting there early no, helps I mean, that. Well, what yeah. I mean is for the people to rise up and do some of the work of the ministry yes, in the and, church. And they are doing that at New Freedom. They're yeah. They're – looking at things differently now. Um, They told me, they said, you know, we're starting to see our church from a visitor's perspective, which we've never done before. All right, so this Um, is obviously a very healthy move for them to do that. Yes, Right. and so the air conditioning's on, everything's ready to go. All right, so uh, that's got to be an understanding going in. They, they, you cannot do, because, I mean, let's be honest, a pastor with a church of, you know, 40 people, they expect you to do just about everything. Open the door. Oh, I mean, the average, I'm not saying your church, but the average church would say, pastor opens up, the pastor cuts on the lights, the pastor gets the heat going, air conditioning going, sets out the bulletins, yada, yada, yada. Whereas if you're doing two churches, you got to have other people doing this. Yes. Okay. And that's what helps in the Barrington church, where my, my wife and my family are there and my deacons are there. And they get the place up and going, and so I can just walk in and go to the pulpit. All right, so your wife stays at, uh, at the Barrington Church? She doesn't yes. care. So she stays at, your, at the main church? Yes. Okay. All right. All right, so what else? Uh, just kind of thinking, all right, to, to wrap this up, um, what, what, what else, what other advice would you give? What other challenges? What other opportunities do you see? Uh, for churches going through this? Well, as you pointed out at the beginning, the opportunities are are unfortunately growing Mm -hmm. um, because uh, there's just not enough pastors to go around. Okay. Um, And, hey, if they can do it by horseback, we can do it by (laughs) car. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But um, it really, um, it's something to be prayerfully considered something to talk to your family and your church family about. Right. Um, I, it's, it's a ministry opportunity and that's the way I presented it to, uh, to Barrington. Okay. Um, I, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, we would sure be thankful that somebody came to help us. Well, and you had been the shoe on the other foot. You had reached out in your previous ministry for people to help. Nobody responded. Yep. So you're That's very right. sensitive to that. And, you know, it may be part of my interest in all this is, you know, my great-grandfather rode the circuit here in South Carolina. Okay, so maybe I'm just trying to maybe relive through you part of my grandfather, my great-grandfather's life. I don't know. But what I'm saying is this is a real situation. 
And mm-hmm. I know of another pastor in New England that's doing it, and I'm sure there are other guys out west doing it, but I just see it as a model that we have got to consider. Okay. Now, again, I, I cannot verify this. I've forgotten where I read it. It's one of those things you read it and you say, why didn't I write down the page number, you know? But, but there was, uh, I was reading a history book on the, on, the, on the Methodist Church, and the circuit riding, when they quit the circuit riding method of covering churches and tried to put a pastor in each church, the overall attendance declined. They stopped mm-hmm. outreach, which I thought was fascinating. Now, a church history person, if you know that's true or not true, please email me and let me know. <laughs> but I thought that just the concept, because in what tracked down to was, that the people in the church had to take responsibility to do the work of the ministry while the circuit-riding pastor, and of course he was gone more than simply one week, but they had to do the work of the ministry while he was gone. So I see that as an opportunity to train people to truly be disciple-makers, and then you can come in and do the the preaching and and what you need to do is the under-shepherd. Any comments on that, Rich? Yeah, a lot of times churches that are in this position are so either beat down mm. or or they just don't know what to do. Mm. Okay. And so they need somebody to come in and say, look, this is what you have to do. You you, you have to make sure the finances are in order. You, you got to make sure that the place is cleaned up. You know, you've got to make it welcoming you, you, you know, and you've got to guide them through uh, what they need to do. Um, because as you've pointed out, they're a sheep with no shepherd. Yeah. And so they're just kind of wandering to whatever, um, you know, whatever happens to hit at the moment. And so you have to guide them when you go in and say, wait a minute, this is what we need to do first. This is second. This is third. And and so on. All right, let me ask, another question just came to my mind. I did not had not thought about until you were uh, saying this. So, uh, the church New Lexington, which is the second church you're covering, you cover just on Sunday morning in person. Um, do they pay your salary, or do they pay um, your you know the Barrington Church? They reimburse them for your time. How does that? How do they? Or do they not? Do they pay you anything? They pay me. Okay. Um, new Lexington pays you. Uh, new Freedom. I mean, New Freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they pay me. Um, and I encourage that simply because they need to be in that mindset. Oh, I agree. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they I mean, you know, it's, it's not a big part of their budget, but they need to be in that yes. mindset yes. because when, the, when the, the, the pastor comes in, they're going to have to pay him. Yeah, and I agree with that. I agree wholeheartedly. I just didn't know what the arrangement was. So, again, that's another thing you would need to talk through with your leadership. You know, your leadership right. at Community Bible Church, okay, which is your home church, your main responsibility, as well as the leadership as other churches, got to be, because then you've got increased travel, you know, and, and the wear and tear on car, your, your body, your mind, all this <laughs> is going on. And I just wanted to make sure that, okay, what is the financial arrangement that needs to be done and then you can keep, so your leadership knows what's going on. Their leadership knows what's going on. And, right. and they don't consider you as just a, a hireling because you're not. You're an under shepherd. And a right. hireling just does it for the money. But I think, like you say, the church needs to 
pay their under-shepherd. I think very clearly a servant's worth of his hire. So I was just curious how they handled that, as long as both people knew what was going on there. All right, what would you tell a pastor that's considering this? Okay, number one, considering it short-term and then considering it long-term. So you're sitting down. Let's just say a man, I don't know, he's in his 40s, okay, and this opportunity's come up to him. It's similar to yours, okay, where it would be hopefully a, a shorter-term arrangement, not a permanent philosophy of ministry. What would you tell this man? If you had two minutes with him, what would you tell him? I would tell him pray a lot about it. Um, make sure that his home church is on board with it and that they recognize that it is a ministry. Okay. And really um, it could be a ministry of their church, right? It can be, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a ministry of their church. Um, assure them you're not leaving them for somebody else. Oh, great point. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, this is not where, um, you know, you love them more than you love me kind of thing. Right. Um, um, and, um, All right, let me, oh, I stop right there. Has anyone ever voiced that to you? Or have you ever felt, gotten that feeling that there's a little bit of competition between the two churches about over your time? Uh, maybe. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Just curious. Okay. So go back. You're, telling, you're talking to this person, that a pastor who's considering this. Anything else you'd tell him? He has to understand it's not easy. Like I said, you know, when I mentioned before about the hymn books, sometimes you, you do, you, you pick up the wrong hymn book. Um, you know, you're thinking one church and, and working on another's whatever. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, you've got to be organized. And, and you have to be sure that uh, this is what the Lord wants you to do. Right. Okay. Um, you know, it's easy to, to use this as an ego builder. Look at me. And so you've got to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, and, you know, is it really of the Lord or is it my wanting to show people how good I am? Yeah, because, I mean, you, at least my view is that when you, you just walk in and preach, that's the gravy. I mean, preaching is what is the privilege we get for doing everything else, okay? Mm-hmm. The studying, the shepherding, the, the counseling and all that, the privilege is preaching. So really – like you said, it's easy to put on the super pastor cape and, and, and come in, preach, and then go back out. So I, I appreciate what you just said there. Yeah. Okay. So what would you tell a man, and this is be the last question. So what would you tell a man that's considering this as a philosophy of ministry, understanding that he's probably going to an area where there are not a lot of churches near each other? So what, what would you tell him if this is going to be his philosophy a ministry of covering more than one church? I would tell him, be sure this is what you want to do. Understand the physical and the emotional drain okay. that, that it is on you. Um, also, yes, you are responsible, not just to preach, but to actually shepherd the flock. You're not just there coming in, showing up Sunday, and then see you next Sunday. You're working with that congregation as if it is your congregation because it is your congregation. Yeah, it is, yeah. But you've also got another congregation as well. Sure. So understand you have two congregations. 
All right, have you read any books on this? Have you are there any resources out there that you have used or you would recommend? I haven't seen any books out there on this, to be honest with you, because um, not many are doing it at this point, or yeah. not many are doing it in writing. They probably don't have the time. Right. Okay. Well, that's the reason I wanted to walk through this discussion with you. And again, I greatly appreciate your time. All right. So any closing comments you want to make and your email address and phone number will be in the show notes so people can contact you for that. Anything else comes to mind before we close it out? There's another church down near the New Freedom Church that is right now in need of a pastor. And my wife said, don't even think about don't it. think about it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Uh, I understand. Uh, but um, we need to do something. Yeah. It, it's a shame that churches are closing simply because there there isn't someone that is listening or I don't know. But these churches need pastors. And, and if you're a pastor and you can help, then see what you can do. Whatever that help might be, right. see what you can do. Well, again, I, I greatly appreciate your time. I greatly appreciate what you're doing. I know of others that are attempting this, but I, I do know it's got to be wearing on you, your family. But, you know, God's grace is sufficient. So like you said in the beginning, you better pray a lot, and you better really make sure this is what you desire to do. Because in the in the adrenaline rush that we all get as pastors when we preach, it should not be simply another opportunity to preach, but another opportunity to shepherd God's people. Because it is his church and not our church, right? Church yes. belongs to the Lord. Okay, yeah. any other closing comments? Just anything else come to mind? I just want those who would be watching this, those who would be considering this, uh, your family is an important part of this, yeah. very important part. My, my family's primarily responsible for Barrington, but they have already gone to the New Freedom Church, and they have helped me do things there in the yard, in the buildings, just cleaning up and so forth. And so um, that's why the, your family is extremely important. And I'm thankful yeah. that my family's been as helpful as they have been. And, and also there, there are seasons where if a pastor has uh, a lot more children at home, young children, we understand there are seasons where this could not maybe even be a possibility. So right. really, as I was thinking through this, I should have said that in the beginning, I'm thinking of more men that, that have children out of the home more than I am men with children in the home and got those multiple responsibilities already. Yes. So anyway, Rich, great to have you. Thank you so much. And again, uh, for our listeners, Rich's information will be in the show notes. Be sure and contact him. And, and I trust this Lord's Day will be good to you as you preach in both churches. All right, Rich, thank you, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Yep. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.